Hey, I'm Eric. And I'm Lauren. And you're listening to Podcast Podcast. The podcast that talks about how great podcasts are. How self-obsessed. Um, you'll be glad to know that I was with friends this weekend... And they were a buzz about podcast, <gasps> podcast. Stop it! Yeah, you did. With, did you pay them? Yeah, I did. Oh, twenties. Okay. Well, I don't care. But That's only good. after they brought only it up. Only twenties. I know. Okay. So, um, well, you know, it's like talk is cheap. <laughs> Isn't that why they say that? <laughs> yeah, they do. They say talk is cheap, and also podcast talks only worth the twenty. Wow, I like how we don't make money very much money because the ads. Well, the pay ads for obviously give us equipment. U.S. dollars. Yeah, yeah, but like we're not making a lot of money, but like you're paying people just to be <laughs> excited about it. It's a no, good use of our funds. I was at Jill's, our mm-hmm. friend Jill's, like uh you know back yeah. in the city barbecue and she said that she has been listening oh and gosh. been recommending it wow. and then i it's talked so to weird because you don't know who's listening i know like raise your hand if you're listening i don't know if well, you're i have no idea you could be lying <laughs> it seems like we're in show notes it's this is a good transition great yeah um sometimes i can't tell the difference between rambling and show notes so <laughs> it's show nuts time the top of the show is ramble right pre-show nuts right yeah and I like to sometimes call it just like rambling nuts. Is that a top of rambling nuts? There's like there's nuts rambling in your mouth. It's time to ramble around. I like this yeah. mental note to do this every time starting Next today. Next episode will be yeah. an entire episode of us talking like Ooh. this. Wait, let's say it together. Okay. Rambling nuts okay. with our faces shaking, and okay. we'll just get DJ J Wu to like record like, it. Put it in somewhere. Yeah. yeah ready? ready? One, two, three. Rambling nuts. <laughs> okay. Thanks for um, being there for us, everyone, and um, helping support the show. Okay, <laughs> now it's time for the show notes. Um, I did. I have a new job, and yeah. it's kind of hard to describe what the job is. I yeah, don't know yet. because it's so, like, new age, future, technology, evolved coolness that, like, our human brains, our 2018 brains can't even handle how cool it is. It's a storytelling incubator yeah. is what they're calling it. I mean, you know there's incubator in the name. Mm-hmm. How cool is that? And uh, basically, it's the founders of TED, uh-huh. left TED and started this thing. So uh-huh. we're doing a bunch of stuff like podcasts and live events and um, websites and apps and whatever we can think of to make that's cool is cool. And one of the projects that they already, they're, the project they already have going on is Masters of Scale podcast. Mm-hmm, which we've talked about. The first episode I ever worked on came out today. <gasps> that's really exciting. Um, yeah. It is about with an interview with the co-founder of Instagram. Mm-hmm. And he just tells the story about how, I mean, talk about scaling. Instagram went from, it just today, I think it was announced recently, uh, a billion. And it's only Jeez eight Louise. years old. And they got 30 million people in the first 18 months. I know like a little too much about this. That is so insane. And wasn't it also one of the most quickly funded yeah. like startups? Uh, and there were yeah. 13 people on the team when they sold it That's to insane. Facebook. Like the whole story. There is, were 13 mm-hmm. people when they sold to Facebook? Mm-hmm. That is wild. Listen to the episode. It's I definitely will. I Thank definitely you. And everybody uh, follow Masters of Scale on Twitter and stuff. Because yeah. you'll be talking to me. <gasps> I want to hear from you. And it's you. a good podcast. It's really fun. We already liked it before. Yeah, it's true. Reed Hoffman is the f- was the founder of LinkedIn, and he's mm-hmm. the host. And he 
someone one of the comments was just um when Reed Hoffman says entrepreneur it puts a smile on my face <laughs> and it's so true because he's so joyful yeah I know he is one of those people that just like makes you smile yeah. and and hearing him but also seeing him seeing him makes me smile I know. and he's like yeah he's a, he's a storyteller yeah. and he's it's like he should be a professor or something or a you know yeah um in fact i endorse him oh get it like on linkedin oh yeah yeah, Good. yeah. i'm gonna i'm gonna tell him you said that <laughs> do you Email mind him right now actually please don't Okay. <laughs> Too late. It didn't take very long. Um, wow, that was a quick My email. typing skills have really improved. I saw your fingers are flying over I forgot over to mention there. when I said I had a new job there, I'm the typist. You're the <laughs> so I've just you're, gotten really you're good the at the office steno. Mm-hmm. How many I just words send, per minute? I just, I don't know, a lot. But I just send emails to read whenever I want. Yeah. Like, they don't really, I that's haven't a, had, I haven't a had, job? I haven't had my first check-in yet. It's not what they told me to do. It's like, I've been like, I think the company priority is me. Because I have like a yeah. lot of good ideas. Yeah. And like, read needs to hear them. Yep. It's so it's like it's you're just, showing a lot of initiative. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so now you all know what I do. Um, one more brief show nut. Mm. Um, there was recently an episode that dropped of Dylan Marin's conversations with people who hate me. And um, I'm not going to play a clip of it. It was kind of hard for me. Um, I am like featured on it. Like the whole conversation is with me and Dylan Marin and Andrew T. It's a kind of hard thing for me to talk about, but it's a really interesting conversation. It's about racist, racism and white fragility. Um, and transracial adoption, which is something we've talked about before. Mm-hmm. So uh, go listen to it if you want. It's called Is This Racist? And it's conversations with people who hate me. Uh, I, have, I haven't listened yet because, mm. to be totally honest, I'm a little nervous. But um, I will definitely listen. I will tell you, I almost I said to Justin, I don't think I'm going to listen to it. And okay. I was like, I made him listen to it first. Uh-huh. And he was like, it's good. Good. And um, I'll listen it to it and report. I'll report back. It, I, I'm okay with it. Yeah. And two people complained about me on Twitter. Out of, and Dylan has a humongous, mm. a humongous hand face. And I responded and was like, I'm sorry you feel that way. Um, I just thought someone could learn from my experience. Yeah. And they apologized. They were like, I didn't mean to make you feel bad. I'm sorry. And I was like, oh my God, is That's this Twitter amazing. or like a hug room? Like, I feel like this goes back to the, the idea of you can't hate someone you know, right? Nice. That's what yeah. this podcast is all about. Yeah. It's an interesting conversation about um, memory, remembering something, how yeah. soon people hate us, how the stories change. Yeah. Um, talking about others online, um, intentions, like, mm-hmm. never mind. I'm going to stop right now. I guess go listen to it. But no. anyway. Should we jump then into our first segment? Yes. What is our first segment? Podcast challenge. challenge. <laughs> um, podcast challenge is where we challenge each other to listen to an episode or a podcast that we think the other might like or that we found really interesting or just because we felt like it. Okay. You're not the boss of podcast challenge. Listeners? No. <laughs> Who am I yelling at? I don't know. Please don't yell at them. Who <laughs> You're being really rude. Who am I mad at? No, I don't know. Um, okay, last week you challenged me to listen to a little podcast called Couples Therapy. So it's a podcast born of a live show that was created by Married Comics, Andy Beckerman, and Naomi Ekperigan. Thoughts? Comments? Feedback? I think it's right. Great. Ek- Paragon, where uh, so comedians who are in a relationship of some kind, whether that's romantic, familial, platonic, etc., 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 they do a set where they kind of like work through their relationship in some form. Um, I, as I told you, I would listen to the episode with Paula Pal and Janine Brito. Brito, Brito, what's wrong with me? I know you're asking the wrong girl. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, DJ Jay, who says Brito. 
Um, if you don't know Paula Pell, you need to get your GD head out of the sand and culture yourself because she's amazing. She's written for Saturday Night Live since 1995. Um, she wrote and produced on 30 Rock. She wrote on Bridesmaids. She produced and starred in Sisters. She just makes me laugh. If you so haven't much. heard of her until just now, yeah. I want you to take yourself to the nearest kindergarten wow, and wow, wow, sign wow. up. And you're doing school all over again. Wow, sister. Billy, Billy Madison style. Yeah, because you clearly missed a few things. <laughs> and I don't trust you. Yeah, if you Back in your K. eighth grade didn't have to study up on U.S. history and Paula Pell, you did school. You wrong. are stupid now. <laughs> I don't know how you're making it through the day. So, Ooh, Eric, do you remember a time when you didn't know who she was? Like, I don't. Like, it was like the first thing I learned. Like, I mean, I remember being in utero, so oh like that might have been a time. Oh, yeah. But I feel like I sensed her then, even yeah. if I didn't know her. Well, because you're normal. Because <laughs> okay. I'm sensible. So Paula Pell's girlfriend, um, Janine Brito, is a, a stand-up and comic and writer, and she's also hysterical, and together they're hysterical. So, oh my gosh, it's so funny. Some things they discussed were Paula's bad influence. Um, she encouraged uh, Janine to try filet of fish sandwich. And uh, they also talked about Janine's issue with flatulence. Did you listen to this episode? Oh, my goodness. Um, which Polish suspects aren't as surprising to Janine as she pretends they are. <laughs> um, and then, I felt like she was just discovering that on the podcast. Oh, it was so good. It yeah. was so good. And then the episode also featured another set by comedy couple Chelsea Devantes and Yasser Lester, where they let the audience decide by applause who was right in a series of arguments that they've had as a couple. And it was just so much fun. It's just a really fun format for a stand-up podcast, and I love it. The, okay, I'm so glad. But the Solomon Giorgio one it's made next me cry. On my list. <laughs> it made me cry. Because I love him. Oh. And he does that with, like, a, a, a writing Friend. partner. Yeah. yeah. It's, it, uh, wait, will you text me when you listen? Yes. Because it's yes. crying. Like, mm, you save it for when you need a little pep in your step. Ooh, actually, that's mm-hmm. good to know. I'm going to put it in the file of like a long run or it's like a g- tough day. When you need a laugh. When yeah. You, everyone, when yeah. you need a little giggle. Check it out. Okay, I'm so into it. You, so you liked it. Yeah, my overall rating is that I think we should be on it so we can talk about our podcast relationship through podcast podcast oh on another God. podcast. I would love that. Right? Oh, my God. Okay, let's, y'all. Let's um, record our own every day and send them to them yes, every day. And I just be like, appreciate if you, that. in case you need this, just yeah. in case, just in case you need to fill some airtime. I think they'd really love that okay. from us. And if you all want to hear, potentially hear us on it, but hear other, <laughs> other couples, you should listen to Couples Therapy. This episode that I listened to is called Gotta Miss a Bitch. And our uh, our date will be up soon. We'll let you know when we're going to be on it. <laughs> Any day now. Fingers crossed. Um, are you ready for your challenge now? Yeah. Okay. So according to this HeadGum podcast. I love HeadGum. I like love I, I, like, love I, I, like, I just like love it. I like love it. Um, this show is, quote, everything you need to know about the celebrities you don't. Do you know what it is? It seems to me like this podcast is like an audio version of Us Weekly, but instead of like thumbing through and saying who is that person, you get who to take weekly? a deep dive. Is there one? It's who's there. Oh no, wait. Is it Who Weekly? <laughs> what is wrong with me? Hang on. I think it is Who Weekly. Um, but the episode is called Who's There? I have this written down, but I maybe wrote it down wrong. Yeah, it's Who Weekly. It's oh, Who Weekly. Okay. You were so right. Um the episode is called no, I just okay, wrote down so the name of the. Me an episode to listen to. I'm giving you an I'm, episode to listen to. Okay, 
Because you, you, I love this show. You know I, Who Weekly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm a reg- I'm a semi regular listener. Um, okay, so but I want to know which one to listen to. Well, for folks who don't know about Who Weekly, it's hosted by Bobby Finger and Lindsay Weber, and they've covered celebs that I love, like Patricia Clarkson, who's a theater queen and star of HBO's Sharp Objects, Gemma Chan, who's the stunning standout from Crazy Rich Asians, and Denise Richards, who. I think oh everyone loves Denise Richards from Drop Dead Gorgeous, right? Isn't that right, yeah. where everyone knows her from? Oh my God. Um, but for you, Lauren, yes. I want you to listen to a very special episode exclusively about someone who, by your own admission <gasps> on episode yes. 57, yes, 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 is your girl. number one favorite actress of this all is time. so good. Bryce Dallas so Howard. Please send me the link so I make sure to <laughs> yes, have it. Yes, I'm putting it in the show notes right now. I'm so excited to listen to this. Why um, have I not listened to this one yet? Yeah, Thank you. great question. You, you know what? We went from me thinking you failed this so miserably that I was embarrassed because I was like, we talk about this podcast all the time. Do woo, um, 360 mm-hmm. I, and to me thinking you're brilliant and you are. Wow. You always have. Wow. What a journey. Yeah. I, I knew, I knew, I know you love the podcast, but I knew you hadn't listened to this episode because you would have talked about it on episode 57. You? When we were talking about Bryce Dallas Howard. You know me so well, I'm afraid. Uh-huh. I'm afraid for my life. Uh-huh. Okay. So they dedicate a whole episode to the actress as they try to figure out why she's a who instead of a them. Well, thank you. Let's all listen to it and then discuss. Wait, and the bonus is they talk about what Bryce Dallas Howard's fandom should be called. They even did a listener I'm poll so and there's... Oh, oh, God. Oh, did you know? I, I mean, I know a bit about my girl. Oh. <laughs> But I can't wait to learn more. It it is. It's villagers. Or uh, it's a village. Okay. Okay. So I'm so excited. Enjoy that up. This is, this is like the best one ever. This was so the mental gymnastics you had to go through mm. to arrive here. I'm so impressed. Well, I hope it delivers. Thank Goodness you. Goodness gracious! Great balls of fire. Um. Well, we got to move along. As much as as much as we'd like to talk about Bryce Dallas Howard all episode. Yeah, and that's an easy, like, hole to slip into. <laughs> anyway, um. <laughs> But we have to get to our sponsor, or we're not going to be able to pay the bills. So, Tell me. Uh, um, this episode is brought to you by Wealthfront. Did you know that the most common source of back pain for men is sitting on your wallet? Carrying your wallet in your back pocket distorts your posture, causing your spine to be out of alignment. It also puts pressure on your piriformis muscle, which aggravates the sciatic nerve. <laughs> LOL. <laughs> So what's it got to do if you have a big old wallet and don't want to carry it in your front pocket like an idiot? Introducing Wealthfront, the money management company that has your back. I just winked. <laughs> um, when you sign up for Wealthfront, they'll send you what they call a top front fanny pack starter kit, which fits neatly across your chest and holds anything you'd normally keep in your back pocket, including a wallet and mobile phone. Home Depot res- receipts, nickels, and more. Each top front fanny pack starter kit comes in a refrigerated box. And if you use discount code podcast podcast at checkout, you will get an additional refrigerated box free of charge. Boy, my shiastica feels better already. Whatever. Thanks, Wealthfront. You know what I love the most about Wealthfront? Tell me. It's that it doesn't judge me when I can't miss pronounce words it's so true guess what else you can keep in your um front top front and fanny pack starter kit what little instructions on how to pronounce words oh my gosh if I, you want now i really know i need one <laughs> i'm just kidding i already have one i'm wearing it right now <laughs> what can i get you it, lo- it looks great on you yeah. by the way mm-hmm. yeah yeah wow thanks Wealthfront. wow thank you <laughs> 
Um, are you ready for clip one? Yes. I'm, I'm so excited. I think I might need to be held back. I so. have a I I have more to say on this than you know. Uh oh. Yeah. I want us to be thinking <laughs> as we're talking. What's the stand group for Guy Fieri? By the end of this, we will decide. But what's anyway, the what? The stand group. Like, oh, what, does, oh, yeah, what yeah, do we yeah. call? Oh, oh, good yeah, one. Yeah, oh, yeah. good one. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh, because this clip is Ooh, about Guy Fieri. Oh, I already have an answer. They don't know. I'm saving it. Okay. I'm saving it. They don't know. We're talking about Guy Guy Fieri. We have the show notes in front of us. You don't. (laughs) Sorry, guys. I feel so bad for them. Um, Okay. This is from The Sporkful. And the episode is called Guy Fieri Doesn't Live on a Yacht That Shoots Rockets. And it's an old episode on The Sporkful. I heard it a long time ago and I was deeply moved by it and I told everyone about it. I've wanted to use this clip for a long time. Spotify has a lock on it. It's on exclusive. You have to like have Stitcher Stitcher Mm. Premium. Uh Uh-huh. So I had to, like, fucking buy Stitcher Premium. I mean, I used a discount code, but this is what I did for y'all. Yeah. But I want to give you my discount code. It's weird. Wait, how did you pick? Because I feel like I have, like, 15 discount codes that I could use for Stitcher Premium because they advertise on so many podcasts. I, I just Google. I go, I did some Googling. Yeah. I did that for you. So You could also use Housewives. Okay, good. Yeah. If, you, if your other one runs mm-hmm. out. So I guess mm-hmm. we can all, if you want to listen to the full thing and I really beg you to do so because um okay well I mean I just I it's been bothering me for a long time uh that everyone hates Guy Fieri mm. and I don't really know why uh people think he's annoying they don't take him seriously um he's always seemed like a nice guy to me and he was like kind of like the original like non-snobby food personality um seems like he likes himself and he does his own thing and he leaves everyone alone um, he's never sexually harassed anyone or masturbated in front of them as far as I know <laughs> or masturbated into a plant in front of them which seems to be a popular thing with the guys these days what is that real mm-hmm. yeah. um, anyway uh, it's been on my mind a lot and I heard on the Sparkful a while ago it's this great conversation they learned that about Guy Fieri got his uh, food on entrepreneurship start when he was selling pretzels as a kid. It's a really cute story. Um, he eats and cooks organic at home. He started an organic winery. Um, he works like a madman. His, he's a motherfucking beekeeper. He prioritizes his family. It's uh, Anyway, I fell in love with him. I think this is... If you, because there's not a lot of interviews with him. You have to mm. hear him talking, I think, to really like appreciate it. So I'm going to play this clip, and we'll see what you think. I actually have been like... Speaking his praises, and I'm looking at you, and I feel like you're going to tell me that he <laughs> masturbated in front of someone into a plant. Let's find out. Oh, my God. I don't even want to hear it. I'm, I love him so much, I don't want to hear it. Started out was to say, like, okay, I'm going to pick a couple of aspects of my personality and a couple of aspects of my approach to food, and I'm going to magnify those on TV because I think that's what will make for good television. There's other parts of my personality and other parts of my approach to food that if I went on TV and talked about those or did that, it would just be boring. So from that, I created what I think of as a sort of a character that is myself. It's not fake. It is rooted in in part of who I really am. But when I go on TV, I think of myself as sort of playing a character that is myself. Hmm. Does that that sound familiar at all? Does that make any sense? To you, to me, no. I mean, that's not... (laughs) I don't really have, I mean, I don't have, I don't have a, uh, much of a filter 
I'm not trying to give anybody. I don't. I'm not a TV person. I never wanted to be a TV person, but I didn't know any different. All I knew to do when I got on te- television, when I got on the Food Networks, all I needed to do was be me and talk about food and be what I am in food. And then, fortunately, I guess with the escalation of how things went in my career, I didn't really have to worry about uh, filtering. But I don't sell people a line of crap on the show. If I don't like it, you don't see it. And if I don't like the restaurant, it won't be. It won't air. I guess I, I when people say, and this, they say this about a lot of celebrities, like, what do they really like? And, oh, no, we all know the same thing. Right, <laughs> right. I mean, look, every human being, whether or not you're a celebrity, understands the idea of being on. Like, you got an important work meeting. You're going to behave differently than you would if you were drunk at a bar with your friends. Like, we all put up a front depending or, or, or accentuate certain parts of our personalities. You know, that's what I'm that's saying. A, that's a truth. When I go into my regimen of work, um, there's no staying up late. There's no going out having cocktails. There's no any of that. I can actually testify because when you came to do a book event in my hometown, I texted you and said, hey, let's go get a drink after your book event. And you said, I can't do it. I got a 6 a.m. call tomorrow morning. Yeah, I am. Work is work. I mean, I to me, work is like it's such a discipline. It's such a responsibility. I got people paying for me to do this. I got people staying up on Friday nights to watch it. I got a thing to do. You know, it's the same thing with cooking. It's exactly the same responsibility. I have friends coming over for dinner. I mean, last night I got home, we're doing, my wife and I are working on this new project and and she was picking our son up from soccer and I was late getting out of the meeting to get home and I had, I had 29 minutes to get dinner on the table. So what do you think of Guy Fieri. Um, I love Diners, Drivers, and the Dives, and I love Guy's Grocery Games but so much. No, I watch it all the time. I really is do. Is there a butt to this? The butt is, and it's a big butt. He, he did Get something. But so in 2011, a producer of the show um, mm-hmm, accused him this. of homophobia, and he said the claim was that he... Um, like would say really disparaging things about gay restaurant owners. He said that he needed to be warned if, you know, anyone he was going to be on camera with was gay. He didn't like being around gay people in restaurants. Um, The caveat is this producer was suing the production company at the time. Um, But it just sort of seems like it's a really specific thing. And why would someone make up that very specific thing? Um, he, the context also is his sister who has since passed away was gay and he has also officiated gay weddings. I just, I didn't buy, um, when, when he was like, that's not true. I didn't totally buy it. It didn't feel emphatic in any way. It was just sort of like, no, no, no. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Um, I do see why someone would make that up. Or exaggerate it. Sure. No, I love him, so I'm going to defend him. But let's <laughs> pretend, okay? Yeah. But also, I hate to say this. I really hate to say this. It was 2011. I, it was a different... Yeah, but for someone to say, you have to warn me if I'm going to film with a gay person... I know, but I just... I, he, had, he had a huge reason to lie about this. He was getting money. He's yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't think that it was and 2011 also, I is just, a good enough excuse. For me to believe something, I need more than one person on the... I hear that. Because I we can get to this later, but yeah. I found a podcast where someone was talk, saying this story. Yeah. And I was like, oh, hell no, I need to prove this is wrong. Yeah. And I did a bunch of research and I was like, okay, there's this like one... like Yeah, it's one really one source. from a million years ago. So 
I'm sure. Listen, I am sure he has said some things. Yeah. Really, re- really. Yeah. But like, I don't know if I. This is reason. Like, I don't. Be- I do not believe everything this guy said. I don't. I do not. I I, I hear that. I think it's. It is reason enough for me not to like him as a person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I still watch those shows because I enjoy them. Oh, no, I feel bad. And I think, no, don't feel bad. And I think um, I think people are totally unfairly harsh about him because he has never pretended to be something he's not. He's never pretended to be like a gourmet chef. Mm-hmm. Like his whole Ugh. deal is like he loves like dive restaurants and diner. Like, you know, he likes junky food and I don't know. Well, he has brought like being able to enjoy your food to a non-snobby level. Like mm. it was always food, food, foodie foodieism is always so snobby. Mm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. almost every, he was the first person that was like, like basic food, you know what yeah, I mean? Like enjoy. To yeah. be. And also um, he's supporting local businesses. He's, Visited almost 400 restaurants on his show. It's a great point. He, and, he it, and it does a lot out. for the restaurants. Yeah. It's yeah. game changer for these yeah. tiny businesses that are working really, really hard. That's and such a good point. And he's right. when You can tell he's authentic about yeah. what he's talking about. No, I feel a little bad, and that's a really good point. But um, and I just do think it's curious that... Mo- that didn't blow up more. Yeah, right. I'm, a, I'm very suspicious about yeah. everything. Yeah. Because the, that guy had every reason to say it. And yep. Ah. And and I you know me I am not one to feel like we should crucify someone based on a single source. I do think that if that's flagged like we should look into it, right? Like mm-hmm. and to me part of looking into it is his comment on it and I didn't find that to be completely convincing. Do you know what I mean? Um Go ahead. I, don't, I don't mean to disparage him. No. I think he's not super intelligent. Well, um, I can see that. I don't know if he'd be equipped. Because, like, um, that's, a few mm, things in this interview, point. Dan Pashman was, like, saying something, and Guy Fieri was literally like, wait, I'm sorry, I don't understand. Like, literally. Like, I I think it's almost like he's so himself. Because yeah. Because he's, he's not calculated. Be- right. Because he's not. He's, like... Because even in that clip, he... Dan Pashman is sort of giving him the out to say your on-camera persona is kind of an exaggerated version of yourself. And he was like, I don't think that's true. It's like, it's uh, like that's obviously like, true. Uh, by the way, my fingers are my nose. Right. <laughs> but, you know, but okay. Now, wow. We're coming to kind of like a interesting conclusion. Right. Maybe he's not like the best guy, but he's, he's authentically well, himself. NPR happy hour just did an episode about pop culture punching bags and they talked mm. about him, which would made me bring this up again. And mm. it's a good way to put it. Okay. He's yes. a punching bag. Yes. Let's call him that. Unfairly. Right. Um, did you read the times review of his times square restaurant? Oh yeah. It was like, it was something oh. everyone was talking about because it was so egregiously negative. Mm-hmm. Like, to the point that it was like the worst one ever written in yeah. the history of the New York times. Yeah. And it's like, why, why would you, why would the New York times even review Guy Fieri's like, Manhattan no, bite or and whatever also, it's called. How about this? Like there's a lot of Midwesterners that come to Manhattan and they go to a show and they, maybe that's some comfort level for them to go. You know what I mean? Right. It's like, Oh, we're going to go make them get, get like, like Korean barbecue or something. You know, like honestly, it's kind of nice that those restaurants are there. Yeah. Like, you know, um, and like also the like, garden or whatever, who cares? Why do you care? Snobby people. Right. It's capitalism. Like let it, right. let it run its course. If people want it, they'll buy it. If not, it won't succeed like I'm gonna, whatever I'm gonna quickly play this clip from the NPR happy hour punching bag thing because mm. I think it's really good 
He goes around the country to small businesses and gives them free advertising on a national platform on a weekly basis. Advertising those small businesses could never afford themselves with his own television show. But because his hair looks like he was electrocuted while drinking Mountain Dew, <laughs> people act like we need to saw his head off and put it on the internet. <laughs> so I think it's fair to say, in conclusion, that's so funny. He's a punching bag. He is, and unfairly so. And I just get a little annoyed about this. I, oh, okay, <sighs> we're learning this together. We're getting through <sighs> this together. Most <laughs> of the time, the people that hate him is not because of why you dislike him. You're right. So you're right because they yeah they dislike him <clears throat> because they feel better than him. You're so right. And they right. think my tastes are better, and you're embarrassing. And it's like this nice guy, like. I, that so you have a good that's a good reason I'm glad you brought that up but sorry I feel like that took a long time we had a lot to go through a lot of emotions listen you bring up Guy Fieri it's <sighs> gonna be a minute okay and I respect we, that I feel like I learned something have you seen have you seen Guy's grocery games not the grocery games but I've seen diners whatever I can never say it. it's like saying Bed Bath and Beyond what's <laughs> the order of the words diners drive-ins and dives okay dip your toe into the Guy's grocery games because Triple G is a good 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 time. <gasps> And Dan Pashman was on an episode. Maybe I'll watch that one Perfect. First. Perfect. Okay. All right. Clip two comes from I love you, but I hate your politics. Had you heard of this? Yes. I'd seen of the course. icon, but yeah, I yeah, never yeah. listened. Yeah. So, so it's a no. new podcast hosted by psychotherapist Dr. Gene Saffer, and it explores what it looks like to love a person with vastly different political ideals than yourself which I think we can all relate to. Um, she talks to pairs of people to hear how their relationship survived um, these differences and kind of what they learned from the experience. So this episode, which is called uh, John and Margaret, <laughs> aptly, uh, features CNN political analysts John Avalon and Margaret Hoover, who are known for being the on-air married couple who almost always disagree. They met when Margaret was working on the Presidential Exploratory Committee for Rudy Giuliani during a time when John was Giuliani's chief speechwriter. So Margaret is actually a descendant of Herbert Hoover and is a staunch party Republican. Um, John is an independent who feels that partisanship is harmful and totally counterproductive to political progress. Conundrum. <laughs> so during the 2008 presidential campaign, an argument about John McCain's uh, appointment of Sarah Palin as his running mate caused an argument in the couple that nearly ended their relationship. They recovered from the disagreement, and in this clip, they share their insights on how they've reconciled their political differences. Here it is. Sarah Palin is long gone from the American stage, but John and Margaret's relationship is very much alive. This is our story on a really nuclear level. But there's something to extrapolate for everyone. Like, this is the kind of healing, I think, or the kind of trusting, taking on faith that they're coming with good intentions. Even if they disagree with you. Nope. That's the ones the who disagree with you That's are trying. Point. You know, even sort of progressive radicals who are, who are friends of mine, who I look forward to engaging, I know that they're doing it because they care, right? There's, mm -hmm. And to sort of approach their perspective with empathy. Um, yeah. Empathy is the real... It, central issue in all of this, it, in these relationships, either personal relationships or professional relationships, when you can feel that people, their heart's in the right place and their head is maybe in a different place than yours, right. but still you can and, talk and, about and, things. And trying to find areas of common humanity and focusing on appreciation of the other person. And I think where it quickly devolves is when people do default to a tribal identity because that's inherently oppositional. And defusing that interpersonal time bomb is tricky, it's yeah. difficult. I mean, 
you know, one of the, the lines Margaret's heard me use too much, but, you know, is that democracy depends on an assumption of goodwill. And we should assume good intention. That does not mean there will always be evidence of good intention. It's so much wisdom in one little podcast. <laughs> I, it's I, something we can all agree on, no matter what side you're on. <laughs> Just very kumbaya. Um, I do like the idea, though, that like with our loved ones, we should always assume that they're coming into these discussions with good intentions and that that they're debating with you at all means they care and that they're coming to the they're not coming to these fights with like the big guns. Um, and I think the part that stuck out the most was when John said uh, it doesn't always mean that it does not mean that there will always be evidence of good intentions. I love that. Yeah, that I mean, that could save you. That could save yeah. you. Keeping that in mind could like save you your relationship I even if it's not true it, yes it's you're so right just giving them the benefit of the doubt even if it's not true mm-hmm. I'm gonna keep I'm gonna write that one down and keep it in my gift top, top front fanny pack oh. what was it Will called it fit in there? there's a lot of stuff in there okay <laughs> um I yeah no I me and my dad disagree politically and uh it's been a challenge since the election and I think I'm going to really keep this one close to me. The idea that assume he's coming in with good intentions. He only cares. Um, and he's not trying to come at me with knives. Yeah. I like that. It's a really healthy, mature thing to do. Yeah. I know that you have folks in your life who you disagree with politically. Mm-hmm. Um, ha- did listening to this episode help? D- do you feel totally differently about it? Cause when you think about, I disagree with my dad about a lot of things and I love my dad. So when we're fighting, it's like, well, this is someone I love. So whatever he says is connected to a person I love. I yeah. guess I know that yeah. it, that's what that made me think. Yeah, about. no, I, I agree. So I, it, it, it made me think about arguing differently. Yeah. So it's still the person I love mm. on the other side of that. Mm. Um, that's a good point. Have you ever cut someone out of your life because of ideological differences? Not totally. Have you? You uh, asked that in a social space. Oh, right. Like I I've mean, defriended people, unfriended people, uh, whatever. I guess. I I'm don't not, think that counts. I don't as, go crazy. Yeah, but you, you, you have fully. I yeah. yeah. With this administration, I just am like, yeah. If someone's in support of Donald Trump, I, I mean, will cut them out. I'm in it. My bubble must just be stronger than yours. Yeah. I literally don't see it very often. Yeah. I don't anymore because I defriend, I unfriended all of them, which part of that is, I don't know, part of that is tricky. It's like, it feels important to s- understand a counterpoint to your feelings. And which is why if mm, I, not always, right? well, at least, um, at least hear it or n- have knowledge about it. Like some people think that's part of why the 2016 election was such a shock to people is that liberals didn't understand just how passionately um, f- supporters of Donald Trump were and why they were passionate. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, I just think we're at a point now where I don't have to listen or hug someone who is, oh, say, uh, you know what I mean? And it's I don't like, think we need to validate right. it. I just think having the knowledge is good. Like I, you, after I visit WashingtonPost.com and get my news, I'll pop over to FoxNews.com just to see how it's being spun, you know? No, it's interesting. I mean, the, the Steve Bannon news just came out that Steve Bannon was going to be highlighting, headlining the New Yorker Festival. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, there's an example of someone who... We I understand that it. conversation and different opinions are valuable. There, here's the perfect example of someone who 
never mind. This, that's another conversation. But for no. so many reasons, this is too dangerous yes. to have a conversation about. And also, like, we do not need to be elevating his voice. So many reasons, yes. Hateful, racist, Right, and he's someone that I voice. couldn't, like, be thinking, talking to him, being like, love, you know. Compl- you're <laughs> it doesn't so always right. work. And I wasn't even suggest. yeah, yeah. No, no, I know no, you no you're so I right. You but you're so right. This is about family. That's <laughs> when you might have married. <laughs> right. I, uh, if you married Steve Bannon, I would... Uh, jump off a building uh gersh um i it's tricky too because part of this is wrapped in with privilege as most political conversations are so i feel like the premise of respecting everyone's politics equally is only possible for those whose lives aren't significantly impacted by the political system and more specifically like this current administration like these two people john and margaret like they're wealthy they're white they're not immigrants, right? So it's like they have a certain amount of privilege to say, oh, our disagreements are cute and we can move past them because your beliefs aren't infringing upon my rights, right? Like, as a gay man, like, my rights are being directly threatened by this administration. It's different. And right. if someone's supporting Trump, it's personal. Like, they're supporting the erasure of my rights and the rights of my husband and the rights of my future kids. And Yeah. It's often the people that don't have anything taken away from them that are like, can't yep. we just all get along? Oh, it's like, uh, 100%. Try it out. If yeah. you feel like, I just I just don't like to talk politics. I just don't like to think about politics. That's because what you're saying is politics don't affect you and you do not care about the people who they do affect. Right. That's what you're saying. Yeah. Like Stephen King being like, Go and hug someone that disagrees with you. It's like you're a rich white man. You're not you, affected. You don't get to. You don't yep. get to say. If sorry. you're not voting, if you're saying, "Oh, I just am not political," it's what you're actually saying is, "I'm unaffected, and I don't care about people who mm-hmm. are affected. I'm not mm-hmm. going to make that choice." Mm-hmm. And you know, if you're, if you're staying silent, you're siding with the oppressive power, right? Yes. I'm sure you feel the same way I as do. a as a woman. Absolutely. Meaning because your rights are also directly Because all women think that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, totally. Yeah. Absolutely. It's um, it's more interesting when I meet someone who doesn't it seems like of course. Mm. But there are people that don't really don't agree. Like yeah. I I just I was talking to my dad. My dad is in Italy right now, so our phone calls have not been three hours a day, which yeah. on the weekends they usually are. Yep. And he was like, oh, we have to talk about Louis C.K. And I was like, yep, we sure do. Because he's ba- he's sort of like, like back in the scene. And yeah, doing and I gigs. was like, I feel like we're not going to disagree. I, I feel like we're not going to agree. And he was like, I feel like we're not. I was like, can't wait. So I've been like preparing myself for this conversation because I know what he's going to say. And here's something. I Sometimes I'll let things slide. I feel so strongly that Louis C.K., should not be back eight months after this. Like, I never mind. That's another tangent. Yeah. But this is one of those ones where it's really helpful that you brought this clip to me at this point mm. in my life mm. because I'm going to have to be thinking about that because I literally yeah. have been mentally preparing myself for this conversation. My dad's like, when I get back, guess what the first thing I'm going to do when I <laughs> land in the USA is call you and tell you that, thank oh. goodness, the funny man is back. So thank you. Well, if you fight with spaghetti, with your family about spaghetti, you You're should listen side. to oh. I Love You But I Hate Your Politics. That's true. This episode was John and Margaret. It. Thank you. Check it out. Loved it. Thank you. Do do. Olay. <laughs> hey. Okay. Um. What's next? Oh, you we have me. a surprise segment called Help Me. Oh my gosh, is <laughs> Alan around? Oh, wait, no. We just use his voice for this segment now. It's called Help Me. That makes me really happy. Um. This is from. This is a segment where we like 
steal uh, a clip from an advice show, yeah. but we don't listen to the host's answer, like, I'm going to read the question that's on Ask a Manager, and Eric is going to give his best answer. Yeah, it's when we hear, like, a question that we'd love the other person to answer, and so we bring it to them. Right. And yeah. th- this is from Ask a Manager. It's called Dealing with an Angry Coworker, host Yay. Allison Green. Uh, let's get to it. I work in a professional environment in which we all have our own offices. We recently moved office building and now I have a coworker, Chris, who sits in the office across the hallway. Most of our offices are in this instance, I can see into his office. All of our offices have doors. Chris is extremely disruptive. He frequently yells obscenities about work to himself, pounds on his desk and paces around his office. I wrote down some of these conversations with himself and initially spoke with my supervisor. She reported that she had also witnessed Chris talking to himself in the hallway. My supervisor discussed my concerns with HR. The individual in the HR department requested that I monitor these conversations and alert them when they were occurring so they could, quote, catch them in the act. Unfortunately, these were generally short outbursts and by the time this person had reached his office, and this is through two locked doors and down a hallway, he was generally done with his outburst. They were able to observe him once and then reported to me that they spoke to him about his behavior. Since that point, the volume has decreased, but his behavior continues. He now, quote, whisper yells and attempts to hide behind his door and computer while engaging in this behavior, but still gesticulates wildly and hits his desk. I can see and hear him every day. He seems very angry. Um... Okay, what would you tell this person? So, I have strong feelings about this. Surprise, surprise. Um, <laughs> one is that I, I sort of have a problem with HR in this instance. I'm not sure why HR needs to catch this person in the act and why they can't have the discussion based on this person's doc, like reporting it, like multiple employees reporting of it. Yeah, go ahead. I'm raising my hand. Yeah. I have a reason. Yeah. And I don't mean to offend anyone. You might have to bleep this out. HR is horseshit. <laughs> okay. Okay. I I have to say I've experienced good HR and bad HR. I hear you. All right. So aside from HR, I think not doing their job very well is the number one thing that I've learned in my work experience in trying to get things done is documentation. So I would create a chart that includes the date, the time, the specifics of the conversation and the infraction. Coordinates of the infraction. The coordinates. And then for each, I might actually say to coworkers, oh, did you happen to overhear that happen? And note who was sort of witness to it. And then maybe weekly, biweekly, whatever was frequent enough to annoy HR into doing something about it, I would share this log and say, here are the times that it's still happening. Is there any way that we could follow up? Yeah, I love that idea. In fact, you know, if, if you're listening, caller... Yeah. Uh, you know what, Biatch? Yeah. I've got this little solution for you. <laughs> you th- you thought you were an accountant? No, you're not. Your job is now 100% tracking down this person. <laughs> I don't care. Do not check your email. Do not do anything someone tells you to do. Fuck your assignments. Your new job is to catch this maniac. <laughs> 
I love it. I love that. Dedicate 100% of Open your at work mo- time. More than one exp- spreadsheet if you need. Yeah. Get a whole. Have a dozen. Like, you know when you go in movies when like you go into the person, the psychopath's room <laughs> and it's like covered with pictures. Yeah. Like your office now needs to be like, I want to see like maps, yep. photos, pins security cameras, <laughs> lots of maps with pins, string. That's very funny. Yeah. I, I support it. What, what would your advice be? Do you agree? Um, it's funny because when I first heard it, you know me, I don't think everyone is exaggerating and being a pussy and like, excuse me, pardon my French. And I was like, please, like, this is not a big, like, I, I just always think everyone's whining too much. So my first thought was like, stop whining. And then, but then I was like, actually, it, it, it I thought about it a lot. Cause I thought, I wonder if anyone has thought I'm too angry. Mm. I have a bad temper mm. as like everyone knows. <laughs> I mean, but then there were certain phrases like he just articulates wildly and hits his desk. I mean, the details are rather alarming. Yeah. Um, people, if, okay, here's the red flag. People say, his, uh, the coworkers say, be nice to him so that if he comes in with the weapon, we will be spared. I think, I guess that's where I would start <laughs> to worry if I heard someone say that. So I guess oh, I gosh. originally was like, this person is whiny to actually yeah, empathizing like with it. this person. Yeah. And, but it did make me think just like HR is useless. Like this is like HR is useless. Every time I've ever complained about to HR about anything, which is not that often because right. I know not to, it's like they sit there and they're like nodding. Like it is our job to nod. I'm not listening. Bye. Like it's completely yeah. worthless. I think that there's, they have some, they're good at some, for some things, but a lot of the time they're there to make you feel like someone's listening. Yeah. And they're fucking not. They yeah. don't give a shit. So anyway, <laughs> Um, I feel like this person, uh, I wish that they had more help, but uh, maybe we just helped them just now. I'm telling you, fuck your job. Your new job is to nail this person. That's the advice. I agree. And if y'all want to hear Allison Green's response, you should listen to Ask a Manager. There's no need. This episode episode was called Dealing with an Angry Coworker. If you want. I mean, whatever. (laughs) If you like like the second best thing sometimes. (laughs) I think you're probably right. That we nailed it. We nailed it. Nailed it. it. (laughs) Uh, Our next segment is Stolen Segment. I love this segment. So this is a newish segment where we just like take someone else's segment. Take it and run, baby. Take it and run. So uh, if we like a segment that another podcast does, that we'll just apply it. So uh, this one comes from Outward, which is a brand spanking new podcast from Slate, which is an extension of the publication's home for in-depth coverage of LGBTQ plus life, thought, culture, and queer conversation. It's hosted by Slate writers Christina Cotarucci and Brian Lauder and New America's Brandon Tensley, which I had to look it up. New America is a nonpartisan think tank. Who knew? I knew that. Ugh, you're so smart. Um, so the podcast, the, I think this podcast is like a great addition to the ever-expanding queer podcast roster. What took it so long? I know. But the reason we're featuring, featuring it on our show and this segment, segment stealing, is because they have a great segment called um, Pride Slash Provocation. So each week, the three hosts share something that's happening that's happened in the LGBTQ plus community that's either made them proud or provoked. So here is Christina in the first episode of the show called Our Queer Roots Edition sharing hers. Um, I have a pride and a provocation that are related to one another. Oh, my gosh. So- my pride for this month is DC finally has a new queer bar or a queer women's centered bar. 
Um, so our one lesbian bar, phase one, closed down a couple years ago. It was the oldest or longest running lesbian bar in the country. It had been around forever. And since then, there's been a lot of bars for gay men that have opened up, which, yay, but you know, not places I would go to hang out. Um, the new bar is specifically targeted to women. It's in a neighborhood with a lot of other queer stuff, including a dance party that I throw. It's lesbian owned and operated, unlike the old lesbian bar we had, which was owned by a gay man. But my provocation is the name of the bar, which is XX Plus, as in two X chromosomes. Oh, no. Which is like kind of funny because we, the podcast The Waves, used to be called Double X, and it was a very bad name. And we changed it because, you know, we're arguing on the podcast all the time, and that, you know, two X chromosomes doesn't make you a woman and you know you can be a woman without two X chromosomes and it's just so sad to see somebody launching a new endeavor with that name. So a lot of trans and non-binary people have been up on the bar's Facebook feed mm. telling them the name is bad and I'm like, oh, did you guys really not like do a, a focus group or just think for a couple more minutes about it? So LKP, do you have a pride or a Provocation? I think I do. I have one of each, and you can tell me if they pass. The Ooh. Test. Uh-huh. Um, I'll start with the negative one, the provocation, uh-huh. because I want to end on a positive note. Yeah, that's a good idea. Because um, I'm, I'm not sure if this counts, but, like, okay, Eminem is back, guys. For some reason. Uh-huh. And he sounds the exact same. It's like you're back in 2002, <laughs> whatever. Um, but his new song, he's literally using the F word. F-A-G word. Yes. Yep. And it's like... Really like and and he, it's directed at Tyler the Creator mm-hmm. directly, and he's kind of saying that he's using the word because Tyler crea- the Creator uses the word. It's like, stop it! You're using. Where have you been? You're using this word. You're disgusting. This is horrible. And he is so historically misogynistic and homophobic too. So this and is then like to not, not even take ownership of it to to be, be like this is because Tyler the Creator has used this word before. It's like. It, it was making my blood boil. Yeah, um, I I do I will never understand why we have all accepted that Eminem is a part of our like mainstream culture when he is so hateful. And if he had just gone away like a little bit earlier, I think he could have yeah. gone off on a better note. It's just like every time he does something now, it's like worse, worse, worse. Yeah. Like stop while you're the worst now. <laughs> like, ooh, yeah, it's, we're not going better ever. Yeah, yeah, so, no. Um, Anyway, but my uh, pride is Nico Santos, who was in oh, Crazy Rich Asians, which we saw and we really one. liked. And I was thinking, okay, first of all, how cool this movie is, Asian cast. But then Nico Santos got to be a gay Asian man. Yep. And a he femme was a, gay Asian yeah, man. Yeah. And he wasn't hiding it. It was That yep. was his character. Yep. That was my favorite part of the Yay. Movie. Oh. I mean, I had a lot of favorite parts. Yeah. I really loved it. That's a really mm-hmm. good one. Um Oh, I just like that movie so much. Uh, so my pride is trans representation on Broadway. Um, Broadway has always been like very progressive, especially with the acceptance of gay and lesbian individuals and with queer representation. But up until now, they've not actually been good about casting trans actors or having, you know, trans roles. So right now, there are three amazing examples of trans representation on Broadway. Run, one is Peppermint, who the trans woman who was the runner-up in RuPaul's Drag Race Season 9. She's currently starring in a principal role in Head Over Heels, which is a new, brand-new musical that uses the songs of the Go-Go's. Have you heard of this musical, 
Mm. Lauren, I think you'd have so much fun. It sounds like it. It's a great time. So it's, it's sort of like a, it's, it's this romance set in the Elizabethan times, but set to the Go-Go's music. It's just hysterical and super gay, super queer, super fun. Um, anyway, Kate Bornstein, who is a gender non-conforming author, playwright, and performer, is currently making their Broadway debut in Young Jean Lee's Straight White Men. That's really exciting. And Alexandra Billings is an actress who was the first openly trans woman to play a trans character on TV. And she's currently on Transparent, but she's set to make her Broadway debut this month in The Nap. That is very cool. It's big. It's huge. So Peppermint was the first trans actor to appear on Broadway. And now there's like two other trans folks like right behind her. It's exciting. That's really exciting. I feel proud. I do too. Yay. That's why this segment rocks. You get to like have a moment of just like... Yeah, but the uh, the provocation, you know. I mean, it's bo- both are good to point right. out. So thank you to Outward from Slate for letting us borrow, steal your segment. No um, and if y'all want to listen to the rest of that episode, it's called the Our Queer Roots Edition. Go check it out. I would highly recommend listening to the whole thing because there's another agreed. part of the episode that I l- love. Uh, agreed. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that brings us to a little segment we call Segment Segment. Where we talk about non-podcast related things that we're super excited to talk about. Because we endorse. have other interests. Yeah. We're really dynamic people. <laughs> I see you adding quite a few exclamation points here in the uh, show notes. <laughs> to DJ Jay-Woo's segment segment. I love it. <laughs> well, since you love, love it so love, much. Love, 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 DJ Jay-Woo, do you want to tell love, us what love, it is? I'm typing love, 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 love. Yeah, uh, let's see. Mine this week is Chicago Podcast Festival 2018. Do tell. And it is exactly what it says. It is a podcast festival, and the headliners... Oh, boy. Eric, guess. Guess who's going to be there? Uh, Phoebe Robinson? I don't know. Oh. (laughs) Yeah, no. No, but uh, the the main headliner is a podcast called The Dollop. Um, and with Dave Anthony and Gareth Reynolds, um, other headliners, which got me super excited, are Yo Is This Racist, Culture Kings, The, the Daily Zeitgeist. Woo-hoo! What? Ah, your favorite. Zeitgang. Um, They've never had a live event before. This is so <gasps> exciting. It's their almost their one year anniversary. Uh, and then also like High and Mighty, uh, which is the John uh, Gabriel's podcast, and a couple mm-hmm. other guys. Um, and yeah, it's super exciting, super interested to see what all these folks are cooking up. And um, if y'all are in Chicago, you should go. Like, it's from Thursday to Saturday, I think. This um, week? No, no sorry. In uh, November, starts oh. in November 26th through December 2nd. Uh, and there's probably a bunch of other podcasts I haven't looked too in depth. I got too excited about. Um, you know all the all the how stuff works folks um being headliners so that is something you should check out i love it so fun are you all going tbd but hopefully yeah sure i would love to go that's awesome I'd like to yeah good one good segment segment do you want to go next i think i went first last time sure uh mine is uh, sharp objects on hbo so it's just really brilliant it's Patricia Clarkson and Amy Adams, um, Jillian, based on a Jillian Flynn book and co-created by Jillian Flynn and 
oh my goodness her name is on the tip of my tongue and it just left my brain um i'm gonna look it up while i'm talking but it is spooky ooky kooky i heard the ending was real good the ending was real good it just like got better and better it's eight episodes on hbo um and i just so so highly recommend it it's amazing I just found out that my new coworker's husband worked on the set. I forget what his job was. Oh, that's so cool. The whole time, and he said it was very hot. Uh, like warm. Yes. Yeah, it's set in like Alabama mm-hmm. or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that makes total sense. <laughs> I love how my comment on this amazing television show was like, <laughs> "It was hot." I didn't finish the series. I was like that. really toasty. Yeah. Uh, wait, I'm trying to find here who the co-creator was. Um, along with Jillian Flynn, and I just cannot find it. I'm going to be so mad at myself. Why don't you well, put in your voice, like, okay, here, Eric, just found it, and the answer is... Added it. Blah, okay, you blah, can put, blah, you blah. Can put it um, No, I'm going to find it while you, um, while you do your segment segment. Okay. Um, I, I hope this isn't too braggy, but I'm going to say my segment segment right now is my office, and but I feel like everyone can kind of take something away from this um so i have a new office we don't we don't have a desks there's no desks mm. it's in a studio like no assigned desks no, yeah we have yeah. a table a group yeah. table if you need to sit at but basically it's this beautiful design studio where there's a yoga room um private booths a cafe um full kitchen bar um like sunny tables and couches like any they basically want to have the kind of workspace for you no matter what kind of worker you are or no matter what kind of project you're working on Mm. so and then there's monitors everywhere like everywhere you go you can plug everything in so my whole day i basically am but i could have done this a little bit of my other job it's just good to move around and stand up and like stand up for a little bit and like sit down and change where you are change the light change the it's made my day go like much more enjoyable and i think i know that i had a desk in my old job but you could still like move around and like there's options of other places to work and you can stand and it's um but it's a really beautiful space i I really do love the office so that's so great Mm -hmm. have you found a favorite nook i i do i have (gasps) will you take a picture of it and send it to me i will i really want to see um they just made an email today though that was like i feel like everyone does this but it's like uh, make sure you're not like mon- monopolizing any areas yeah. like, i am monopolizing this area like, it's mine 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 but here's the thing the place that i'm monopolizing it's right by the window every single evening when the sun is going down it bursts in through the window <laughs> and like basically burns my eyeballs out <laughs> so i think it's okay because like no one else would want it it's like it, an it's, undesirable spot right like i'm like taking one for the team i'm like yeah. you guys i got this spot like no one else wants yeah. this spot. it's really bad in fact <laughs> in fact i was sitting there when i had my interview for the job oh interesting and i remember i was sitting there and i like couldn't open my eyes my eyes are burning and darren and june my new bosses they said do you want to move like that sun is like right in your eyes and i was like is this am i being tested i was like i'm gonna go with i'm gonna go with a, with a girl go with the flow girl i was like it's fine i'm like it's Fine. I can't bear And now I'm blind. Okay. <laughs> anyway. But you got the job, so it worked. Right. What's the name? Uh, so it's Marty Noxon. Ah, is the good old Marty. And co-creator. I is, but I believe you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She um, created Buffy and Unreal. Oh. Yeah. I've always wanted to see that show. Unreal? How do I see it? How uh, do I? Well, How Unreal I? is on... Lifetime. Um, Lifetime. How do I Lifetime? Uh, you lifetime on, I bet it's on Hulu. 
don't you think? I don't know. We really like Unreal. I mean, it's I not like it. a, it's not like a, um, I don't know. It's not going to change your mind, but it's very entertaining. I, I'm going to watch it now. Like right now. Can, can this thing be over so that I can go watch it right now? <laughs> you can watch it from your sun, sun nook. No, I can't because I can't see in my sun nook. <laughs> when I'm typing those emails to read, they just don't make any sense. <laughs> well, we did it. We did it. <laughs> Hands up. Up um, in the air. I feel like we learned a lot t- today. Thank Same. you. This and was a really good one. Thanks for listening. Thanks for telling us that you listen. Always tell us. We need the boost. Yeah. And Kara, thank you for editing. And we will see you next time. Bye, y'all. Bye.